0: This is the Old Radio Show's podcast.
1: From New York City, the makers of Clipper Craft Clothes for Men and 1,036 leading retail stores from coast to coast present the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. Tonight's adventure, The Case of King Philip's Golden Salver. Well, well, if it isn't our old friend Mr. Harris returned from his vacation with a brand new coat of tan. (laughs) But still wearing my favorite Clippercraft suit, Doctor. And looking forward to a Sherlock Holmes adventure. What's it to be tonight, Dr. Watson? Well, Mr. Harris, it uh, concerns the strange disappearance of an elaborate golden platter sent to Queen Elizabeth by Philip of Spain. It was, of course, a priceless historical masterpiece which belonged by rights with the rest of the crown jewels in the Tower of London. And the Tower of London? What a fabulous place that is, Dr. Watson. It is indeed, Mr. Harris. Dating from William the Conqueror, it has been a citadel, a royal palace, a state prison, and a mint. It is still a fortress, an armory, and a treasury with a resident military garrison. Mm, quite a setup. It represents the most glorious. As well as the most bloody pages of English history. And does tonight's story live up to the Tower's reputation, Doctor? But I suppose I answer that question after you said a word or two in behalf of Clippercraft, hmm? Fair enough, Dr. Watson. Wherever you go in America, fine stores sell Clippercraft clothes. Yes, proudly sell them, and recommend them to men who demand the most for their money. Now, that's because truly fine clothes, especially in these days of high prices, are nowhere else available at such modest prices. You see, it's the Clippercraft plan that makes these amazing values possible. By concentrating the buying power of 1,036 fine stores from coast to coast, tremendous savings are made in manufacturing and distribution costs. The savings go just one place to you. At a friendly local independent store, you get superlatively fine Clippercraft suits at the incredibly low price of $40 and $45. Beautifully tailored topcoats and fine coverts and worsted gabardine for only forty and forty-five dollars, and sport jackets for only twenty-six fifty. Compare them tomorrow with clothes selling for many dollars more. And now to return to the Tower of London, Dr. Watson. Mm, yes, it was one glorious afternoon in early June. The late afternoon sunshine cast a globe of, of gold on Tower Green. To the right of us loomed the great original keep of William the Conqueror, called the White Tower. Say, I've seen pictures of it. Part fortress, part dungeon. Uh, to the left was Beecham Tower, and directly ahead was the little chapel of St. Peter. Holmes was enjoying one of his favorite forms of relaxation, feeding raw beef to the ravens who still inhabit that spot. The same spot where once stood the scaffold on which was poured out the lifeblood of some of the greatest names in English history. Here, here, here. I'm not so greedy. You've had your share. Oh, great bloated, beastly birds with their evil yellow eyes. How can you endure the sight of them, Holmes. Think of the bodies their ancestors must have fed on. Don't be so squeamish, Watson. The scaffold, which formerly stood on this site, was used only for the beheadings of Queens Anne Boleyn and Catherine Howard, the Countess of Salisbury, Viscountess Rockford, Lady Jane Grey, and the Earl of Essex. <coughs> no, 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 <coughs> who next? As a rule, the political prisoners incarcerated in the Tower were beheaded on Tower Hill or hanged at Tyburn. There were, of course, exceptions. Well, naturally. Archbishop Cranmer and Bishops Latimer and Ridley were burned at Oxford. Sir Walter Raleigh was executed in Old Palace Yard. Sir Thomas Overbury was poisoned. The two little princes, Edward V and the Duke of York, were strangled in the bloody tower. Then, of course, there was the Duke of Clarence who was drowned in a butt of Malmsey wine. <laughs> I must say, if I had to be executed, that's the method I would choose. Oh, go away, you shoe! Ow! Holmes, oh, he bit me. <laughs> serves you right for making sport of the tower's traditions. Hello, who is the young lady coming across the parade grounds? She looks vaguely familiar. She's holding her parasol so far over her face she can't pass. There, you see, she almost ran into that beef eater. Now she just missed the old lady with the ear trumpet. What's the matter with the girl? Can't you see where she's going? Probably not, Watson. She's trying desperately to keep from crying. Great Scottish lady, Cynthia, sister of that ass, Bobby C. Simon, and daughter of the Duke of Balmoral. Now, what do you suppose a pretty thing like that has to cry about? Life isn't all beer and skittles, Watson, even to those in Burke's peerage. Yes, and this, I'm very much mistaken. She's upset because her fiancé, young Lieutenant Ronald Backwater, has been trucked in the guardhouse and threatened with court-martial and dismissal from the tower guards. Good Lord, whatever for. Stealing, Watson. He's accused of purloining a precious golden platter. Yes, I rather thought we might run into the Lady Cynthia if we visited the tower this afternoon. Holmes, you fraud. And I thought you came here to feed the ravens. Here she is. My dear Lady Cynthia, is there anything I can do?
0: No. No, thank you. I'm quite all right. A cinder in my eye. There's nothing I... Wait a minute. You're Mr. Sherlock Holmes.
1: At your service.
0: Oh, I don't know what to say. Oh, dear, what did I do with my handkerchief?
1: Oh, allow me to offer mine, Lady Cynthia.
0: Thank you. Oh, you must be Dr. Watson. Oh, you're both so kind to me. He didn't do it, you know. Ronnie isn't a thief.
1: Of course not. It's
0: all the fault of that dreadful old man.
1: What old man? The
0: Stafford Blodgett, the new mayor and governor of the tower. He's a dried up old bachelor himself. Well over 40.
1: (laughs) Dear dear, practically senile, Hey, eh, Watson?
0: He doesn't want anyone in the guards to get married.
1: Blodgett? Great Scott, that must be old blood and bullets, Blodgett.
0: Yes, I believe that's what Ronnie and Arthur call him. Arthur can't get married either because his fiancée hasn't any more money than I have. Oh, I hate that old Blodgett. I wish he were
1: dead. You're not the first to make that statement, my dear. I served under him at my wand where he won his V.C. The entire regiment hated his gizzard. Well, he is a magnificent soldier, and as cruel a man as ever ordered his native be beaten for forgetting to clean his boots.
0: Oh, the beast! Why did he have to be put in charge of the tower? Oh, dear! I'm making a perfect spectacle of myself. What will everyone
1: think? Now, it's the heat and the sun, very, very trying. Suppose we just slip into the little chapel of St. Peter's up ahead there, where it's quiet and dark and cool. We'll pick out a nice, comfortable pew, and you can tell Sherlock Holmes all about it. There we are, my dear. Suppose we take the third pew.
0: Oh, thank you.
1: Watson, you might <laughs> offer the lady a worth of smelling salts oh, and a handkerchief. I'm oh,
0: sorry well, uh, to be such I'll be all right in a minute.
1: Quite. As you know, Watson, the premises known as the Tower of London are completely surrounded by the City of London. It's a self-ruled and regulated community. Its gates are locked at night... And its ancient moat, although it's drained to make a parade ground, is still capable of being flooded. Sounds fairly medieval. And the absolute ruler of the entire place, the individual whose word is law, is the mayor and governor. In this case, old Blood and Bullets, alias uh, Stafford Rogers. Correct. He resides on the premises, as do his officers and men.
0: That's right, Mr. Holmes. Well, last night, Sir Stafford Rogers invited five of the younger officers to his quarters for dinner. Uh, The ones who had petitioned to marry this June, you know.
1: Good Lord, did they... uh i have to get permission from him to do that, too.
0: Oh, no, not to get married, exactly. But he does say whether or not he considers the young lady suitable, you know. And
1: if he decides or not, oh, then the prospective bridegroom is advised to give up the whole idea or resign from the guards. How perfectly barbaric, quite.
0: So you can imagine how divly the poor chaps were when it got round they'd been summoned to hear the verdict. Dinner was to be at eight, and promptly at three minutes past, they sat down at Sir Stafford's oak table in his sitting room in the Byward tower.
1: Bywood Tower? But I thought the governor's quarters were always in King's House.
0: And so they are. But that would be too cozy and cheerful for the old vulture. No, he's moved into Bywood Tower because it's grimmer, I would bound.
1: I wonder. It has other rather strategic advantages, you know. Bywood Tower? It's a curious appellation, eh, Holmes? I wonder how he got the name. Bywood was formerly a synonym for password, Watson. Bywood Tower has always been the main entrance to the Tower of London. Of course. That's why he's moved
0: there. he could spy on his men as they went in and out.
1: There could just possibly be another reason, you know. However, suppose you finish telling me about the dinner party.
0: Oh, it was a very elegant dinner party. Properly chilled white wine with a turbot, an excellent burgundy with a roast. Not that anyone but old blood and bullets had much appetite. He eats like an anaconda. Well, finally they came to the suite. It was served on an enormous golden platter, which Sir Stafford had had specially brought in for the occasion. (laughs)
1: Bring me that powder, Chivers. I'll finish off that last bit of pudding. Yes, sir. I want these young hopefuls to have a good look at the design underneath. Yeah. Ah, there. Huh. Clean as a whistle. Uh, pass it around, that's good chap. Oh, very good, sir. But I say, Sir Stafford... Isn't this that King Philip's salver that's kept with the crown jewels? Right you are, by quarter. Presented by Philip of Spain to Elizabeth when he was courting the lady. Hence the rather uh, frank representation of the goddess Aphrodite and all the little Cupids. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, please. Rather appropriate to this occasion, eh, what? That's why I had it brought over. Of course, Philip never managed to marry the lady. We hope you lads have better luck. Did he have to say that? That's bad taste. Easy, Ronnie. Don't get the wind up. I don't like the glint in the old buzzard's eye. He's up to something. And now as the port goes round, shall we proceed to the more agreeable portion of the evening's entertainment? Hm. Mm, uh, yes. I have here a list of the young ladies on whom you have bestowed your affection for one reason or another. <laughs>
0: That's not a joke,
1: Backwater. Oh, sorry, sir. Personally, I never believed that marriage was a help to any man's army career. However, there's, there's no ruling against it as far as life can do, I suppose. Yes, now, uh, let me see. Uh, Lieutenant Reginald Winworth, you wish to marry the Honorable Nora Jennings. Yes, sir. No objections. Oh, poor Reggie, I think he's going to faint with relief. Next, Lieutenant Herbert Woolsey, you desire to marry a Miss Ruby Reynolds. I understand she's an American. Most unsuitable. But she was educated in England, sir. I said most unsuitable. Next. Lieutenant Arthur Amberson. <clears throat> Here I go. Has chosen a Miss Fanny Venable. No objections? Oh, thank you, sir. Good luck, Arthur. Thank, thank you. Lieutenant uh, Buford Wellington intended his, uh, let me see, uh, uh, yeah. uh, Lady Daphne Marchbanks. Sorry, Wellington, won't you? But, but uh, her father is the Earl of Battersby, sir. Her mother was a gaiety girl. Quite out of the question. What God That means mother's first rate, accepted everywhere. Easy, Ronnie. Don't get hot under the collar of your neck. At last we come to Lieutenant Ronald Backwater, who wishes to marry Lady Cynthia St. Simon. Delightful young lady. Most suitable. That's a relief. Not that I expected trouble, but... I have only one thing more to say on this subject. During my tenure here in charge of the tower, I shall make one further ruling about young ladies who marry into the corps. What's that, sir? As you know... The officers in this outfit are a hand-picked lot. We've always boasted the best blood in the empire. Even if we are only younger sons. My right? point. Exactly. Younger sons are so often not too well supplied with worldly goods. That's one of the reasons we chose the army, sir. Don't interrupt, confound it. Oh, sorry, sir. The pay of an officer in the tower guard is enough to keep him in proper style. If he is a bachelor... Now what's he getting at, Ronnie? It has, however, come to my attention... That men with families sometimes have to scrape a bit. Don't tell me the old boy's going to get us a raise and pay. Oh, not old blood and bullets. The Tower Guard has called upon an appear on many occasions of state. During the last royal review, I was horrified to notice that the dress uniforms of two captains, both of them married men, showed signs of wear. One of them had a small darn on the left sleeve. Oh horrors! The empire is crumbling. <laughs> Consequently, I feel it incumbent upon me to make a new ruling. Any lady wishing to marry an officer of the Tower Guard must bring with her a dowry of five thousand pounds minimum. Oh, Why pounds? That's, that's outrageous, outrageous what? sir. It's impossible. The girls we want to marry, they're from good families, but they're not rich. Then I suggest you look around a bit further until you find some that are. But that's unfair, sir. It's rank tyranny. That's what I... Are you presuming to criticize your superior officer? Yes, by have Ronnie. Why, what wife do you Ronnie, <laughs> shut up, you fool. Don't get the old boys back up. Ah. We'll get round him somehow. What's that? Oh, I was telling Lieutenant Backwater that you had only his own good at heart, sir. Hmm. Uh, yes, uh, I'm glad to see someone in this outfit has some appreciation of my point of view. And now, gentlemen, when Jimmy's cleared the table, I ex- suggest I show you around my quarter. Uh, first of all, I'll demonstrate the portcullis. Oh, by the way, Shivers, put the gold platter on the table by the door. And don't take your eye off of it for a minute. I'll take it back to Wakefield Tower myself later on. Very good, sir. Right away, sir. And now the portcullis, gentlemen. The machinery that operates it is here in the hallway next to the bar. Wait. I'll demonstrate. I carry the key to the padlock myself. Don't want anyone else fooling with it, you know. uh, Oh, here we are. Now then, if someone will warn them below, the bars of the portcullis are dashed heavy. Wouldn't want to impale anyone. I'll attend to it, sir.
0: Look out below, we're lowering the portcullis.
1: Ready, you ain't. Here she goes. That is impressive. Yes. This portcullis here in Bywood Tower, and the one in the Bloody Tower are the only two in England still in working order. Must make you feel quite safe, sir. Once that's down, no one can get in. And no one can get out, either. (laughs) But come along, gentlemen. I'll show you my sleeping quarters. This way. I only use three rooms: kitchen, sitting room, and bedroom. Enough for an old soldier, you know. Now, here we are, gentlemen. My bedroom. I say, it's almost circular, built into the tower itself. And what a whopping big canopy bed! I never use it. Here's where I sleep. Here in the alcove. Don't believe any soldier worth his salt should sleep in a bed. My army caught here. Slept on it during all my campaigns. Sleep on it now and always will. Confound it? <laughs> I would really die in it. Ah, a Spartan life. That's what the army needs. Discipline. Self-denial. What's the matter, Backwater? Why are you looking at me like that? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I, I feel a bit under the weather. If you'll excuse me a moment, sir. It is. Typical. Typical of the younger generation. No intestinal fortitude. Can't even carry the liquor. Uh, come over here, gentlemen, and I'll let you see my decoration. Keep them in a box here in the top drawer. Chief, it. Chief it, I'm sorry, but the bathroom door seems to be locked. Oh, yes, sir. The governor keeps the key in the sideboard. I'll fetch it for you. He's a very cautious chap, the governor is. He keeps everything locked up, even to the whiskey. Uh, which? Oh, yes, in the bottom drawer. Here, here it is. Here it is, sir. What?
0: What's the matter, sir? You look so stiff and funny. Like he was on parade.
1: Well, it's nothing, Cheevers. I've just had an idea. A perfectly brilliant idea. And then ends the tour of the premises. Uh, it didn't take long, eh, what? Cheevers, cigars it? and bring another decanter of port. Yes, sir. I say, what's become of Backwater? Here he comes, sir, across the all. Hey there, Backwater. In here. Oh, sorry, sir. When I finished washing up, I went back into the bedroom to join you. Well, we're back in here. You missed seeing my medals. Oh, I say, sir, I am sorry. Uh, never mind, never mind.
0: Major, oh, i mean, Governor.
1: What up, Jeeves? Uh, How often must I tell you not to address me as Sir Stafford?
0: Yes, sir. Oh, well, sir, whoever
1: you are, the platter's gone, sir. What? Yes, sir. Someone swiped Philip's golden platter. <laughs> And have an eye for value, so take a lady along when you select your new Clippercraft suit. For well, there isn't a test Clippercraft clothes can't pass. Note how comfortable you feel in a long wearing Clippercraft worsted suit. Here's downright amazing value, and in the fine local independent store that sells Clippercraft clothes. These sensational values, in the face of today's high prices, are the result of the Clippercraft plan, concentrating the buying power of 1,036. Of the nation's finest stores from coast to coast. That's why today you pay only $40 and $45 for truly fine Clippercraft suits, only $40 and $45 for top coats, and only $26.50 for sport jackets. Yes, selling expensive clothes at inexpensive low prices at the nation's finest independent stores is the great big idea behind the Clippercraft plan. That's why men who know insist on Clippercraft clothes. So be sure to visit the Clipper Craft store in your city. And remember, that's one of the 1036 leading retail stores across the nation where courtesy and friendly service are always yours. The store that is proud to add its fine name to that of Clipper Craft clothes in the label of your suit, top coat, sport jacket, and overcoat. And remember also, not every pattern is always available in your size, but keep on trying. It will pay you to wait for Clipper Craft clothes. <laughs> our friends in St. Peter's Chapel. Lady Cynthia is just finishing her story.
0: Well, you can imagine the commotion, Mr. Holmes.
1: Quite. Oh, blood and bullets, blood pressure probably blew up and burst.
0: Oh, It did, Dr. Watson, it did. He lost all sense of proportion. He immediately accused Ronnie of having taken the wretched platter, simply because he was the only one who was out of his sight for a moment.
1: And also because he'd come back into the sitting room to speak to Cheebo's, no doubt.
0: Yes, but he couldn't have done it, Mr. Holmes. I, I mean, Ronnie wouldn't think of such a thing.
1: My dear lady Cynthia, I hope Ronnie insisted on being searched immediately. Oh,
0: he did, Mr. Holmes. They didn't find a trace of anything, naturally. But even then, Sir Stafford wasn't satisfied. He said Ronnie had probably dropped it out of the windows to an accomplice.
1: <laughs> Sir Stafford's a fool. The presence of an accomplice would mean the theft was premeditated. I gather no one but Sir Stafford knew the platter was to be on the premises.
0: That's right, Mr. Holmes.
1: Then there's no possibility of an accomplice. Whoever stole King Philip Salva was present at the dinner party. Well, what's to prevent an outsider sneaking up the stairs when everyone was in the bedroom admiring Sir Stafford's medals? And forget, Watson, the portcullis had been lowered. No one could get in or out. No, the golden platter was undoubtedly still on the premises when it was found to be missing. But
0: that's impossible. Arthur and the rest insisted on being searched, too. And Sir Stafford Blodgett went over the rest of the premises himself.
1: Very interesting, eh, Watson? And yet the platter, must be there. there, is probably still there in the most obvious place. Why, Mr. Holmes, what do you mean by that? Ever read the purloined letter, Lady Cynthia?
0: No, I can't say I have.
1: If you had, you'd realize at once what probably happened to the platter. Yes. Watson, I suggest you and I go round to the guardhouse and have a chat with the incarcerated Lieutenant Ronald Backwater. But,
0: Mr. Holmes, they won't let you see him. They won't let anyone see him.
1: Endurance bile, eh? (laughs) Yes, I'm afraid the British Army doesn't always observe the rights of the individuals set forth in our common law, especially when there's a blowhard like Sir Stafford Blodgett in charge.
0: Oh, dear, then you can't do anything for Ronnie?
1: On the contrary, Lady Cynthia. By tomorrow morning, Dr. Watson and I shall arrive at the guardhouse with a note that should get us by St. Peter himself.
0: You mean Ronnie has to stay in that dreadful place another night?
1: One more night should strengthen, not weaken his case. But be of good cheer, my dear. I think I can safely promise that within 24 hours, the platter will have been found, and Ronnie and all his brother officers shall have obtained full permission to marry the ladies of their respective choice.
0: Oh, Mr. Holmes, you're wonderful. Quite. <laughs>
1: My friend and I here have written permission to interview Lieutenant Ronald Backwater. And who gave it you? the rather august personage whose name is at the bottom of this pass. All right, let's have a look. Blimey, it... the old girl herself. And it says here, you're Sherlock Holmes. Well, I never. Mind if I keep this slip of paper? I mean, missus will never believe me when I tell her. As you like. Oh, come in, come in, gentlemen. Please to step inside. All right, this way. It's just a step down the corridor. And mind the floor. It's a bit uneven. Lieutenant Backwater, sir. Yes? There's a Mr. Sherlock Holmes and a Dr. Thingamabob to see you, sir. Thingamabob. Oh, such is fame. Mr. Holmes, who sent for you? I am acting on behalf of your fiance, the lady Cynthia St. Simon. He still wants to marry you, it seems, in spite of everything. Oh, but she knows. She must know I didn't steal a silly platter. You did take it, however. Don't you think it's been missing long enough? The longer it's missing, the more of a fool he'll look when they find it. Oh, I'd like to see his face when it turns up. Maybe, may not be for months. <laughs> not at all. Watson and I are about to go across to the Bywood Tower and find it for him. Oh, good hunting, Mr. Sherlock Holmes. Good hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Your name is Tevers, I believe. Oh, yes, sir. Tell Sir Stafford that Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson have come to trace King Philip's missing trencher. Uh, Oh, you can't do that, sir. Why not? Don't tell me it's already been found. Oh, no, sir. Nobody's seen Heidner or it since I put it over there on that table by the door the night before last. Ah, just meant you couldn't see old Blood and uh, the governor, because he's dressing for review. Always puts his medals on for review. Rules is ruled with Sir Stafford. He don't never break any of them. Worse luck. Interesting. Very interesting. I'm afraid the illusions of the tower guards are about to be shattered, eh, Watson? I haven't the remotest idea what you're blithering about, Holmes. Uh oh. Here comes old Blood and Bullets himself. What's all this commotion in here? Who in places are you? Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. Hmm. Dr. Watson. Weren't you attached to my regiment in the Second Afghan War? I joined the boxes just before my wand. Then why did not you stay with him? Because my shoulder was shattered by a Jezail bullet, and you needn't shout at me. I haven't been in the army for some years now, and it doesn't amuse uh, me. Bravo, Watson. Watson, who is this uncut? individual. The most famous consulting detective in the entire world, Mr. Sherlock Holmes. Never heard of him. Well, he's here to solve the mystery of King Philip's missing solver. Rats! I look everywhere. He does look everywhere, not here. Oh, but it must be. It couldn't be anywhere else. You probably don't know how to look. And I suppose you do. Oh, I don't have to look. I know where it is. You don't say. It's in the only place it could be, you know. Young Ronald Backwater did remove it from the table. He took it within to the bathroom, and later, when the bedroom was clear, he hid it in your bed. But oh, that's preposterous! Do you think I wouldn't have noticed it when I went to bed? Oh, you would have, if you slept in the bed you claim you have slept in every night since you joined the army. Wait, ma'am... Shall no, we I, I... investigate your army cot, Sir Stafford? But, uh, I my... think we'll uh, let Cheevers do it. Cheevers, would you mind bringing me the platter that's hidden in Sir Stafford's army cot? Yes, sir. Uh, right away, sir. Sir Stafford... I strongly suspect that you are neither a Spartan nor a celibate, as you claim to be. Why, you. Why, where in did you get that idea? The next time you have a midnight visitor, I suggest you remind her not to leave her garter hanging on the samovar. Yes, a portcullis is a handy device to ensure privacy, isn't it? You won't. You won't give me away, Mr. Holmes. I'd be the laughingstock of the entire British Army. Think of my reputation. Think of the battles I've won. Think of the men you've browbeaten and bullied. Think of the young ladies whose hearts you've tried to break. But I'll change all that. I'll turn over a new leaf. I'll be kindness and consideration itself. Here it is, Mr. Holmes. The blinking platter. Just where you said it was. Uh, you've got a Now, Sir Stafford. I mean, uh, thank you, Gives. Thank you very much. <laughs> Dr. Watson, I never thought I'd hear of Sherlock Holmes playing Cupid. And very successfully, too, Mr. Harris. There were six weddings in the Tower Chapel that June. Six? But, Dr. Watson, I thought you said only five young officers wanted to get married. Five young officers, yes. But much to everyone's surprise, Sir Stafford decided to become a Benedict as well. (laughs) You never know what Sherlock Holmes will accomplish, do you? You never (laughs) do, Mr. Harris. You'll never do. And now, Dr. Watson, what Sherlock Holmes' adventure are you going to tell us next week? Let me see. Uh, Suppose I relate the rather grotesque case of the six identical plaster busts, which were smashed one after another, and how murder and a fabulous duel were involved. It is, of course, the adventure of the six Napoleons. Of Clippercraft clothes at ten hundred and thirty-six leading stores from coast to coast have brought you another in the new series of broadcasts featuring the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) Our stories are based upon the character of Sherlock Holmes, created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Sherlock Holmes is played by John Stanley. Dr. Watson by Alfred Shirley. The dramatizations are by Edith Meiser. Sherlock Holmes is produced and directed by Basil Lochran with special music by Albert Berman. If you don't know your Clippercraft dealer, write Clippercraft, 200 Fifth Avenue, New York City. This is Brotherhood Week. Let's make it work. Judge every man by his individual worth, not by some label. Don't spread any rumor against any race or religion. And don't listen to them either. Speak up against prejudice and for understanding. Be sure to listen next week to Sherlock Holmes in the Adventure of the Sixth Napoleon. <laughs> this is Ty Harris speaking for Clipperscraft Co. This is the world's largest network serving more than 450 radio stations, the mutual broadcasting system.